along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, you all. This is Ron Kolick, New England's own Van Helsink, right here on Tojinet and Parax and wherever else. And with me, of course, is my lovely co-host somewhere. I don't know where she is, actually. Uh, <laughs> but she, I know she doesn't know internet. She is the blonde bombshell and Kerrigan. Good evening. No internet yeah. for us tonight. Apparently, uh, and yes, I did pay my bill, but uh, it's just not working. Broadcast mm. problems, so we're just gonna hopefully they'll fix it soon. But here I am on my phone. So, Hope I so sound okay. are you still in the in the dungeon? No, I. You know what? I've had to move out of the dungeon. Oh, that's right. And into yeah. the upper echelon mm. of my world. You've been promoted. That's good. I've been promoted. That's right. I've been promoted. Excellent. And my daughter graduated. My daughter, Alexis, graduated from college on Saturday from UMass Lowell. And she is moving home on Friday. Shouldn't she be, like, going somewhere and getting a job? I mean, aren't you supposed to get them out of the house, not get them back? Well, the key factor here is the job part. Oh. She has a part-time job in a salon, but, um, you know, she wants to get a job in her major, which is exercise physiology. So, uh, Hey, if anybody knows anybody who's hiring, like, you know, uh, therapists, you know, mm-hmm. like physical therapists, let me know. God knows I'd need a therapist. So, uh, yes, you do. You do dear. So anyway, so, uh, my desk has been moved out of the basement and I'm all the way up on the, uh, upper level. Oh, nice! And the uh, of course, Cheers. and we and we have a, a a a special guest on the show today. It's someone we haven't spoken to for a long time. So, mm-hmm. I messaged her on Facebook, and she agreed to come on the show. So, in honor of being here, I, I uh, put a fix in with the weatherman because she's originally from Tennessee, and I had the temperature <laughs> brought up to a whooping ninety degrees. So, That's without further awesome. ado, uh, let me introduce <laughs> to you the charming paranormal. Ghost uh, Hunter. You know, and my favorite name for you uh, was coined by Steve Parsons, Christy, and that is the Dollar Store Ghost Hunter. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So without any further, Christy Parrish. Hi, hey. how's everybody doing? Good, good, good. I'm grinning from ear to ear because of the Dollar Store Ghost Hunter. I was like, where did this even come from? It's amazing. Yeah, that was uh, Steve Parsons, all the way from the UK. See that you got a, you you were nicknamed from the UK. Wow! <laughs> oh wow, that's, that's awesome. Pretty impressive, huh? Got a kind of reach there. <laughs> all the way from one pond to another one. <laughs> and, and that's a compliment too, because it comes from the gold standard in go- the Wall Street Journal's gold gold standard in ghost hunting. So there you go. <laughs> Right. So, so why, uh, why does he call her that? Because there's people in our audience who who don't know why. 
Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. And, All right. Well, and and uh, Chris. You need to push things along. Well, yeah. I mean, we only have another 55 minutes. I mean, you know. Uh, so, uh, Christy, for those who don't know, is is very innovative, and uh, she looks at different theories in ghost hunting, and she takes a lot of everyday objects, and uh, sometimes they're not too expensive, and uh, adapts them into uh, ghost hunting. Some with good success, and some. Maybe not. But anyway, so <laughs> how did you ever get involved in, in that and coming up with your own stuff? Well, the sheer expense of what we do uh, as far as investigating the paranormal. The equipment that's out there, there's a lot of amazing technology out there, but it comes with a cost. Oh, yeah. And so people who maybe don't have that money that they can, like, invest in this particular type of box with all these goofy lights and things. Um, I try to look at what that technology is doing and go out and find a simpler technique, something that's a little bit easier that they can go and build and do for themselves and essentially accomplish much of the same kind of uh, response, uh, you know, or um, I don't know what the word would be, but you know, they could filter it in and use it and not have to break their bank. Mm-hmm. And that's, it goes a long way because when you sit and calculate all the equipment that you have, like the different teams, uh, they'll have cases and cases and cases. And the cases themselves are even expensive for the most part for some of the mm-hmm. cameras and equipment. Um, they roll into an investigation and they probably got, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment laid out right there for an investigation. But does that really make their investigation more special than someone who's using something that's a little bit simpler? No, because the bottom line is it's the personal experience. Mm-hmm. Is well, I think an energy doesn't in- trigger that $1,000 piece of equipment, but it goes over to the mm-hmm. sky with a compass in the water, and it moves that. Is a blinky light more special than that compass movement? No. It's the person that has the experience. That's what's special about what we do. Okay. What it means I agree. Us. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, Thank you. <laughs> and so I would call you, that I would call go, that Yankee ingenuity, but I know you're from Tennessee, so we won't call you a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's... It's fine. You can call it whatever you want. Put any kind of stamp on it, but it, it doesn't matter. At the heart of it, it's just people, you know, just trying to get people to think about yeah. what's really happening and use ideas on their own. You know, come up with their own concepts and don't be afraid to try. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. I mean, but, yeah, it can be the most. Yes, the field can be one of the most discouraging places you know, to be a part of or in groups to be a part of because you deal with drama all the time, this, that, and the other. But, you know, if you do something special for you and you follow what your idea is and you just continue down your path, you know, that's what it's all about. Stay mm-hmm. true to who you are. So anyways, we had, a delay. we had a delay on Pararex, so I just want to say you're, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles, uh, Next Generation, with Ian Kerrigan, Ron Kolick, and our special guest today is Christy Parrish, 
uh, dub the dollar store girl center by Steve Parsons from the UK. So send your, send your hate mail there, please. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Christy, uh, as far as the different things that you've invented, and we're probably going to talk about a couple of them, uh, and, and we're going to catch up and see what you're doing now and what you're up to. But, uh, of the ones you invented, what do you think works the, the best uh, for you? Hmm. Of the concepts that, you know, I built myself? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most simplest ones are, like, things that you can buy at Home Depot or, or Lowe's, like the security uh, door jam, the little thing mm-hmm. that has an alarm on it. You know, a lot of people shove them under their doorways to keep intruders out. And you can spend like 13 bucks and get something like this and put it in a haunted location where the door moves just ever so slightly. You don't have to sit there. You don't have to watch that piece of equipment. You can go off and do your investigation. As soon as anything triggers it, that's going to sound. So, yeah, that's a pretty inexpensive way. Um, That's designed, of course, by... One of the security companies. Yeah. It escapes my mind right now. But anybody can buy something like that. Now, of what I've actually made, what do I find to be the most effective? I love my ghost mat. I love the ghost mat design. So why don't you explain what that is for, for our the listeners? Ghost mat? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. It's it's called the ghost mat, and it's a um, it's a special surface uh, that's kind of. Uh, it, uh, it, you can dust it with powder, uh, whether that be talcum, baby powder, something really light. Just lightly dust the surface of the mat. Now, under the surface, there's a pressure-sensitive alarm that's on a wireless system. So if anything pushes down or impresses upon that surface, it sets off an audible alarm up to four floors away. So you can be quite a distance from it and be able to have that activation. That way you can record and timestamp when it actually occurred. You know, you put a camera on it, you know, seal up the area to where there's no outside interference, take pictures of it, you know, document everything as you prep it. And then once that alarm sounds, you go check it and see if you have an impression. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, especially like at Spirit Quest, and this is one thing that it's tough for some people, but it's absolutely essential is to be able to take criticism and feedback about what you design. And one of the things that Mr. Parsons brought up was what about seismic, and it might have been even you, it might have been you too, Uh, what about seismic activity? How do we know that the impressions aren't caused by that? How do we know the impressions aren't caused by oils on our finger and, you know, the movement of the seismic activity causing the formations on the surface? And that's all very good points. And is it grounded? That was another thing that was brought up when I was discussing this at Spirit Quest. So what I did, in my true fashion, I took all of these ideas, and I took all of these comments, and I studied that. And I thought, how can I change this design to eliminate these as possibilities? So I went back to the drawing board with it, made a few little upgrades and improvements, grounded it, and now I have a stronger, stronger design. Oh, cool. It works. Right? Yep. But then I incorporated what other people were saying because just because somebody doesn't like it or they think it's dumb or stupid, well, listen to what they think. 
you know, don't take it and like throw it in the trash and forget about it. That's not how anything gets anywhere in life. Oh no, the, most most uh, you know things were uh, uh, inventions were you know there were many prototypes before the the original was completed. Right, right. and I'm not always going to have all the answers when I'm building something. In fact, I'm probably not going to have all the answers. But what I will do is keep an open mind and be respectful when people want to put their opinions about it or give me possibilities around what could cause this to be reacting this way. And then I go back to the drawing board and I sit and I think about it. And sometimes from my phone end, it can drive me nuts sometimes. <laughs> because I'm like, this will not beat me. This will not beat me. I can figure this out, you know. It's like trying to become the million-dollar woman. And what does it mean? Nothing. It's a $2 piece of equipment. Why are you driving yourself crazy over it? Because you want it to be right. And you want it to be fair. And you want it to be something that could be instrumental in helping other people do the things that we love to do. So, Absolutely. And, you know, so what what makes, you know, for instance, your inventions sillier than the stupid ones you're paying $200 for? I mean, the theories behind... Because the instructions come with a southern accent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in in reality, you know, it's... You look look at some of these pieces of equipment out there that... that, People pay a huge amount of money for, and and the science mm-hmm. is junk science behind it, or are they're really mm-hmm. not? I mean, for instance, I I I received the new EDI two meter, and the same with the EDI one, uh, which I have as well. I mean, the the whole instruction mm-hmm. sheet is like one page, so you know you pay one hundred two hundred dollars for these things, and, and you're getting a, a one sided page of instructions for it, that which tells right. you. Really, hell of a lot, nothing really. Mm-hmm. I know, but I mean, what if we could turn an idea, like the idea behind the EDI, right? What if mm-hmm. we could really study that and try to filter that into some simplistic type of design that anybody could build out in their garage? You know, what if we could take some of these concepts that, you know, there's thousands of dollars in technology built into these things. And, you know, maybe they don't cost that much to produce, but that's what they sell for, thousands of dollars. But what if we could take some of these little pieces of information that we we gather from each of those devices and parlay that into something a little bit more easy to handle for everybody who's not a scientist and everybody who's not a physicist and everybody who doesn't read quantum physics. And at the heart of it, quantum physics can be at the heart of a lot of things. That's one thing that I have learned and I do I do read a lot about. Because some of these ideas, like for instance, I'll give you an example. Quantum physics has this theory that our universe, our world, is nothing but a mere hologram. Okay, well that's cool. We're all walking around and we think we're three-dimensional. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're just a reflection. Mm-hmm. So how can I parlay this into the paranormal field? What does this mean to the spirits or energies that we're trying to converse with and have interact with us? Is this a message that maybe we can possibly turn into something to open up the communication between us and this other dimension? Is this something that we can parlay into 
clear communication. And so I did. That's what I did. I thought about it. And then I went home and I sat and I looked and I was like, well, if you can do this on your cell phone, all you have to do is build yourself a little plastic piece of thing and, you know, tape it together, sit it on your cell phone, project images up, and you have a 3D image that's floating in the air. Hmm. But that's not where the magic is. Yes, it's cool looking. But if you really stop and study it, if you really think about what's happening, it's the space between. That's where the quantum physics is. We see the reflection. But it's beyond that reflection in that empty space. Where does that image go? And can the energies interact with it? And you know what? I built something, and it does, and they do. Really? They see it. And they, they comment on it on EVPs. They tell you, you ask them a question, what do you see? They'll tell you on an EVP, I see British flag. They'll give you details about that image that's in that space between. So, I mean, I think I'm talking kind of, you know, it's probably sound like a crazy person. But, oh, I mean, oh. <laughs> it's these kind of thoughts that the field needs today. Right. You know, I mean, think about sounds. Like, Steve works with infrasound, correct? He's, like, well, got his uh, paracoustic. Yes. Paracoustic. Yes, he's actually probably the, the foremost authority on infrasound. Foremost. Mm -hmm. And he's doing that for a reason, because there's something to it. It's something about projecting into this dimension that maybe we don't necessarily hear. We can feel the effects of it. You know, we get sick, we get nauseous, you know, we'll get, you know, anxious when we're around infrasound that's being projected. But what is it that we can really do with this infrasound? And I've been playing around with this myself a little bit. I told you guys last time on the show I was going to kind of look into it and mm -hmm. see if I could somehow spin this in some of the investigations and do some control testing. So sometimes I'll use an experiment that I built with this infrasound, which is it's penetrating into a certain range, but it's saying words. It's communicating. And I do it forward. I do it backwards. I do it at different levels. And then I wait and I ask questions regarding that, and I get responses. They'll repeat back what was said. So, because they can hear it. Well, the, the, the question is, I guess, so you're saying that EVPs are definitely a, uh, a spirit talking or, or communicating with us. Not all of them. You know, just as well as I do, that sometimes we will label an EVP as somebody's stomach growling because, you know, we can't mm. nail down the control to absolutely eliminate breath and everything like that you know i think there's a lot of evps that come out of investigations that aren't really legitimate but then there are those that are absolutely beautiful oh, yeah. and to hear it Definitely. you know the difference between well that could be joe blow's stomach over there growling because he ate pepperoni and cheese pizza and salad and drink a sundrop or a mountain dew before he came over and yeah you learn to discern the difference you know when you do this for a long time between the legitimate and not the legitimate. But when you get those, and it takes one split second of beauty, one split second of incredible. And you can sit there for three days and only have one split second. And you know it in your soul. And as long as you, the person who investigates that, you don't have to prove it to anybody in this world. You don't. 
if it's real to you, it's real to your experience, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. See, uh, first of all, I want to say that Cotter from the Pararex chat room says the, the ghost mat sounds great. So you got somebody oh, interested well, in it. And <laughs> the second thing is, is I think uh, what we have become, unfortunately, uh, in the paranormal field we are now is is a little bit different than we really should be. I mean, if I teach, I, I, several years I taught a class called Paranormal CSI at Northern Texas Community College. And the whole idea right. of it was to do paranormal investigating like a CSI team. And the CSI team right. is there to collect the evidence. And then it goes to experts in the, in the particular evidence, and, and they the one that does the analyze. So you follow the evidence, and that's how you get your results. Well, in, in the paranormal field, all our investigators are now judge, jury, and executioner. They collect the evidence, they analyze the evidence, and they tell you the results of the evidence. So this is, is actually bias all the way through uh, the results. Mm-hmm. So that's don't you think that's a problem? That's why I, I say, plain and simple, it doesn't matter trying to prove it to everyone. It doesn't. In the end, it doesn't. It's all about you and your personal, your personal feelings and your personal reactions. Okay. You know, you go out, you investigate a place. You're not like, especially a known location that's haunted. Okay. So you're investigating it. They know there's activity in the house. You don't have to prove it to that location. They already know. Why right. do they already know? Because they have their own personal experiences. They have their own personal feelings and knowledge about that location. And no amount of data or EVPs or anything like that in, or debunking is going to take that personal uh, experience away from them. Yeah, but in the same um, same aspect, I mean, I know that since I've been doing this, the majority of my cases are simply people that just wanted the verification that, that there's something going mm-hmm. on of paranormal exactly. nature. So Yeah, and, and I, I do enjoy they are looking for validation. on those. They yep. are. Some people are. They they don't want to feel like they're walking around. Oh my gosh! Everybody in the world thinks I'm crazy because Aunt June is opening that door and shutting it at one thirty in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. All right. So they call in a paranormal team. All right. This is what happened. This is it happens over and over and over. Can you prove it's happening? Well, what are you going to do? We're going to sit there. And we're going to watch the door open on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. And then we're going to try to figure out why the door's opening. But mm-hmm. yes, you're right. They're looking for validation. Not only that they're not crazy, but that that, that is Aunt June. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's where the real work comes in. Because, yeah, you can have the craziest thing, like a door opening, just like they say it happens, and not be able to physically figure out the door swelling and opening, the air vents coming on and off, you know, you can't debunk it with pressure or anything, even seismic activity, right? But <laughs> how can you get into the meat of it <laughs> and say, but You know, we have a lot of seismic activity in New England. <laughs> oh, we do, right? <laughs> Actually, we do. And that's, you know, most people don't think of it because you think of uh, uh, California and, and places like that. But we do have quite a bit of seismic activity here. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, three in the rector scale, but there is right. uh, activity. Mm-hmm. The best the mm-hmm. best example is that wasn't too long ago. I was uh, teaching a class up at Veezy, 
and uh, we were in the, in the great hall, and I said, okay, so we're gonna, now we're going to ask the, the spirit. Okay, so spirit, if you're, you, I forget what it was. I think it was an event, in fact. I said, spirit, if there's anyone here, can you give us a sign? Well, just at that moment, mm-hmm. we had a freaking earthquake. So the place went <laughs> boom. <laughs> it scared the crap well, out of everyone. And what did, what did you say? Unusual. Did you say we got to chuck that up to seismic activity, folks? <laughs> No, we were just—we just thought it was uh, funny as hell, and uh, it was, uh, right? yeah, it, it was. And and uh, but yeah, I mean, you knew it was because it was so dramatic and so loud mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, yeah. It would, yeah. you know, if it was a spirit, wow, you've really got something there. Yeah. <laughs> One hell of a spirit, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, Thank you, Phil. you know, <laughs> helping, like, going and doing the investigations for families, especially those that's got children and things like that, that's really meaningful work. And when people entrust you to come into their home, into their private space, their sanctum, you know, where they're supposed to have their moments and, and feel comfortable and safe, when they trust mm-hmm. you enough to bring you in and invite you into that space, then... You know, and I don't think this is often taken as seriously as it should be by people. Oh, it isn't. They've really got to bring everything you can possibly bring to the table and explore every possibility because you are responsible now for these, these people, for this family, and you have to explore all avenues of I mean, if you don't have the answers, you need to be ready to explore and reach out to someone who does or mm-hmm. has information to help you, to help these people. It's it's not a casual thing when you're dedicated to be an investigator in this field. And so, to take it casually is a complete disrespect to... So let me ask you this, Christy, on, on that note. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, people who do uh, private investigations should be certified by, by uh, you know, uh, the government, if anything... Um, to make sure they do no harm. Well, I don't know that they would. We have to go. Well, we actually have the tunes far, right now. But... We, I, I didn't hear the tunes, so we. But we do have the tunes. We have to take a break. So hold on to that thought. Anyways, uh, you're listening okay. to Ghost Chronicles: <laughs> Next Generation with Christy Parrish, Ron Kolick, and Ann Kerrigan. We'll be right back after the following messages. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. 
Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Special guest this evening, paranormal investigator Christy Parrish. Hello. Hello. Are we back? I'm here. I'm here. It got quiet right there. Okay. I know. So you had asked me a question. Can you yes, the, the question? Yes, the question is, do you think? Answer it right now. Yeah. If teams should be, do teams should be uh, certified? To, at least in ethics, not so necessarily in, in techniques and that thing, but, but basically ethics. I think there is something to be said about that. Now, do they need an actual document that says they're certified? No. But I think, honestly, just like with anything, I, I just don't think, for instance, have you driven on the roads here in New England? Have you seen those drivers? They have a document <laughs> that says they're safe drivers. It doesn't right. ensure that that is always so. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't make them better than anyone else. What does, what is important, in my opinion, is that if there are teams out there, and as far as the ethics and the way that they, you know, perform their investigation and they, the way they handle things, I think that that comes with experience and time. And over time, teams are going to talk to each other, investigators are going to talk to each other, and you're going to build up that knowledge base of, who is doing the good work? Who's really not? Who knows what they're doing? And also, it kind of falls a little bit on, like the homeowners, for instance, to kind of do a little due diligence on their own as well, to make sure mm-hmm. that they're not just dealing with a fly-by-night paranormal team that popped up on Tuesday and said, hey, dude, I saw a TV show. I think we could do this. Let's go on Amazon.com. Let's buy some of them little blinky lights. Let's go over there and tell... <laughs> Jane down the street that her front yard is haunted with puck wedgies. <laughs> people do that all the time. But people who are legitimate and true and have, you know, good ethnic background and intention in this field, they've got people that they can call and check on this team. Say, okay, so they call my team in to investigate. Well, do you have anybody that can give a reference regarding you and your work? Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. there's always a trail. With the work you do, there's always someone out there that can sit there and say, yeah, about two years ago this team came in 
they did their investigation. They came back two weeks later with all their historical data and research that they pulled together. They followed up with us. They checked on us from time to time. They kept journals to make sure that the activity didn't get worse and document the change. And they came and they legitimately tried to help us. Mm -hmm. That's really what you need to do. Are people doing that all the time? No. <laughs> no. Well, but also, I mean, there's a lot of people out there with driver's license that can't stay on their side of the road. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, we do have certain rules. For instance, you can't do medical diagnostics if you're a, a medium. It's, you, that's not what you can do. So why sh could that be applied to, uh, you know, the to paranormal investigators? I mean, most paranormal investigators, by the way, aren't even bonded. I mean, they, they have no insurance whatsoever, and they don't realize mm -hmm. they can get their ass sued if they screw up if on it. If something anything. bad happens, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's, this is a very deep subject. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> no, no, no it, it's a deep subject, but I mean, I can only speak to how I feel. And well, yeah, should. That's the way you should. Dictate what the entire yeah. paranormal community does. Right. Do I feel like you need to be certified to do this? No. Okay. Do I feel like you need to be honest and upfront? And yes, that's the answer. And if you're not the right fit to try to help people, then don't take on private cases. Mm -hmm. Don't take I, on something see that, that to has me, that that's really... If you want to investigate locations to where there's really nothing that's going to happen at the end of the day, if you go in and you click evidence or not, yep. it's still going to be a haunted location that everybody pays and goes and visits. Mm -hmm. You know, then do that. But don't play in a pool of deep water if you can't mm -hmm. really swim and keep yourself afloat and help those people mm -hmm. that you're trying to help. Mm -hmm. That is that's just true. common sense. And that's just morals with all this. And you have to have a little bit of that. So do you to think, do a good job and do do you right. think it is the duty of the paranormal team investigating to declare a place haunted or not haunted? I don't think it's their duty, no. I, I don't think that they have to go in and say, boom, your house has Aunt June in it. It is definitely haunted. Oh, your house has demons and, in it. All right. No. <laughs> demons. You have demons. Or demons, no, no. I, I, I don't think it's their sole job to go in and declare something haunted or not haunted. Their job. If particularly if they're going in to help a family, is to try to find answers. And sometimes answers aren't a clean description. Okay, your experience is because your house is haunted. No, there's many layers to it. And be prepared to do the work. And it takes a lot of work. It's not go in one night and have the answers tomorrow morning. Go in and do the work. And keep your heart in the right place. Keep your head straight. Don't you think it's almost... I feel like I'm on a rock right. preaching to people. <laughs> no, no, you should be. This is the, show is, the show is about opinions, and that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... No, I forgot what I was going to say. That's all right. It was probably good. <laughs> well, you know, you can really affect... People, people trust you to come into their home, mm -hmm. and they have mm -hmm. a legitimate reason you to come in mm -hmm. and you can't go in mm -hmm. and a you can't go in and terrify them yes you, I, no. you have a demon here and i mean i think that you have to take into account 
um, the sensitivity, uh, this is where mm-hmm. you. This is where people live. Um, you can't just it go is. in and say mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. You have a demon. Blah blah blah. It's haunted. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. because then they're worse off than before you came. You know. Right. And, you know, more often than not, you know, when you go into a private place, what's the next quest- next question? Well, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. you know. There, so, there's a whole so, new ballgame for so, you right there. I mean, there. there are people there are people that can, they go and they study how to do, you know, cleansing of houses and this, that, and the other. But is there anything concrete that says that this is actually something that works? You know, that it actually does work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the activity goes away, yes, but does that mean it doesn't come back 15 months down the road after it's done smoking a cigarette on the park bench waiting for everybody to clear out and it knows the ghost <laughs> You know, that's what I picture when people say there's something in my house, can you cleanse it? I, I see people going in and doing, let's say, and their heart believes it's the right thing, that they're getting rid of this and that this family will be saved. And then, you know, fast forward, and then here it comes back again. Because it goes outside, and it sits outside, and it waits. And you have to understand, too, especially with private cases, sometimes the people who live in there are the very catalyst for the reason that that energy is there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And more often than not, that's the case. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to deal with these strangers. You know, they're not going to do what I say, like, get out of here, go on, move into the light. They're going to like, oh, who are you? I'll see you in a minute. I'm going to go outside for a second. I'll be back. <laughs> this craziness clears out of this house right now. No. And the interesting thing, and and since I've been doing it, is, is I kind of believe in uh, basically non-interference and that, you know, if there's a spirit mm-hmm. there... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's it's not our job to go chase it out. There may, he may be there or she may be there for a reason that uh, mm-hmm. is not clear yet. And uh, th- that's kind of what I believe in. But, uh, you know, a lot of people go in and say, oh, yeah, we've got to send them off. we got to do this. Well, you know, it could be your Aunt Nellie that's trying mm-hmm. to warn you of something that's coming up that you should be careful about. Or it could mm-hmm. be something else. You know, it, so it's not necessarily that there anything sinister or anything else and and there may be a particular reason so it could be and like i said it could be one of the people who live in the house that they're drawn to that's true Um, for a reason and the way that normally like i've handled this in the past is you know i don't sugarcoat it for folks i'm like you know we're coming in we're gonna investigate we're going to try to figure out do some historical research we're going to go back we're going to try to find out first who it is we're dealing with mm-hmm. we're going to, secondly we're going to try to find out what it is that's drawing them here and but never in this equation do i sit there and look them in the eye and promise them at the end of this you're going to be ghost free because i'm going to bring out my ghost spray and i'm just going oh, right. to spray all mm-hmm. the house and sure. it's going to smell like Florida, but it's going to it's going yep. to be vacuum clean. cleaner and pledge. Know? It works great. You know, <laughs> I'm not Tangia, and this is not poltergeist. <laughs> so we have a we have a question for you. What we will do. All right, go ahead. I'm we sorry. We will do our very best to try to bring them some kind of comfort. 
mm-hmm. and learning how to deal with what it is that's actually happening in the home. Because once they understand it and realize often, more often than not, that it's not there particularly to hurt them in any way, it's not got ill intent, then it's easier for them to cope and learn how to coexist with what's actually there. So we have a question from uh, the Tojinet chat room. This is from Karen. And she says, do you have a contract for clients to sign that releases them, releases you from responsibility for things that might go missing during an investigation or damage? Yeah, I actually do. I actually do. Okay. We have, um, like, our particular team, when we started going in and working on clients' houses and, or people's houses, I don't really like to call them clients. You know, they're people. They're people that have a situation. Um, we sat down and we discussed it as a group because more minds around an idea of how to move forward is better than just one saying, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we looked at it from all kinds of different angles. And, you know, first off, we're going into someone's home. You know, we've got to safeguard and put their mind at ease a little bit that we're not going to take anything. We're not going to move their drawers. We're not going to open and look inside of things. We're not going to touch their personal stuff, you know. Um, if something happens and in the darkness we bump into a table and something falls over, well, then we're responsible for that. You know, we'll try to replace that. We'll do whatever we can. Um, so, yes, I would say contract, yes. It's, it's, it's the best. It's, it's, I don't know if you call it a contract. I call it more like a waiver. A waiver, yeah. And the, That's and, good... Yeah, and the, and the person uh, that we're doing the investigation for or the location that we go in. I mean, how many times have we went into a public haunt and you were forced to sign a waiver? Before you could oh, set yeah. foot and continue forward, there's always got to be something, some kind of agreement. And also in that, we also say that we're not making any promises that we can completely get rid of everything that's happening mm-hmm. if it's judged that there's activity that's actually happening. We have that in writing. Yeah, and, and things so like that there's happen. There's no secrets going into anything. Yeah, things like that happen. I mean, I know uh, a well-known uh, person who did a... Uh, investigation event uh and uh mm-hmm. someone fell from the second floor and uh broke their yeah. ass yeah. and yeah. uh and yeah. you know there are Little other places legs. and um and other mm-hmm. places uh that have had stuff stolen from them or damage done to them mm-hmm. as well so yeah these things do happen uh, especially yeah, in, right. in public so, events yeah but in exactly. private as well so, private teams as well Right. So like in private, you know, we have it stipulated in our paperwork that we, you know, share openly right up front that say I fall and I trip and I get cut or I break my foot going down the basement stairs. That homeowner is not responsible for me getting hurt. I'm responsible for all my own medical bills. They will never be impacted by that at all. Oh, that's good. It has to be a clear cut agreement right up front before you go in and you start to do your work. To try to help them. Do you send that to their mind at ease too? Because this is a scary thing for people. Yeah. Do you send that to them? Strange people. Do you send that to them so they're they're aware of the terms of the contract prior to you you guys uh, to to them agreeing to the investigation? Yes, and you know, often I'll email it to them if they want to go ahead and look it over. They Mm -hmm. can. 
um, before we investigate, we just didn't have a conversation with them, and we'll we'll bring it up then and show it okay. to them. And they have it, so there's nothing that they're going to get blindsided for in any okay. way. And I think you can almost see um, in their faces when you go through that and you sit and you read through it together, and they understand it. It almost you can see like the relief in their face and the weight kind of being lifted off their shoulders a little bit. And then they're allowed to kind of let go and not be so uptight because the activity that's happened to them is when they're at home with nobody else around. And now they can start to be in the state they need to be in so we can get the bottom of what's actually maybe happening there. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's a very good thing. I don't know that a lot of things do it. I can tell you we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many teams too that that run events and stuff, and and I, they don't have any insurance whatsoever. They don't really knows what mm-hmm. knowing what they're dealing with, and be honest with, uh, someone's mm-hmm. going to get burnt one of these days because of this as well. Right. So, right. Yeah, uh, particularly if you are doing events out of a house, and so we have, like, um, I started helping with an event uh, last year in Middleborough, and that was one of the first things that I noticed that the people who were doing that before I stepped on board, they didn't have anything. They didn't have any paperwork in place. And I thought to myself, this can't be. (laughs) 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 This just can't be. And so little mama went home, and she sat there, and she studied what actually, you know, the, the location and everything, and I was like, this is what we need to put in place to protect that historical site and protect the people that are there and the people in that town. And so I sat and dressed it something up, and we've used it ever since. Okay, so uh, I know we are getting down towards the end. And since the last time I saw you were at Spirit, of course, you, you, you know, what have, what have you been up to? I, I know that you mentioned you were doing tours and stuff, so I thought uh, mm-hmm. you could bring talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I can talk a little bit about that, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Last year, um, around the springtime, um, a fellow paranormal investigator had mentioned to me that there's a place in Middleborough that is interested in starting to do public ghost tours. And, you know, I thought, well, that's amazing. You know, I'd like to help. So, of course, I went on board, and that's what I worked on for the entire last half of 2016 uh, every weekend, you know, working in some capacity to try to do ghost tours. And the reason that I wanted to do that is because it was a way, you know, to actually give money to this historic location or get money for this historic location that needed a lot of renovation work, a lot of tender loving care, and there was no money to go into that. So... It does have a lot of activity, and it's incredible activity when it when it happens. There's nothing negative or anything that's there, and if it was, I never would have signed on to help out because I couldn't morally be responsible for having people from the public walk through there with anything that could hurt them. You know, so after, you know, gauging that everything was clear, and it still is to this day, um started working on these public ghost tours. Well, then, from the public ghost tours, 
I started to hear the people who came and bought the tickets to do the tours. They kept saying, I wish we could stay a little bit longer. I wish we could do a little bit more. So from that, I took, I listened to people. And that's how I learned. Just like I told you, even if it's criticism, I learn. I go back to the drawing board and I try to create something new. So then I come up with this concept called Novice Nights. And in the Novice Nights, what the intention was is to bring a lot of the different types of equipment that are expensive, some of them, to the table and allow the public to be able to put their hands on it and to be able to use it and to teach them about what it does. So they don't have to go out and invest thousands of dollars to be able to experience what the piece of equipment that they saw on TV does. So brought all of this to the table and we give them history and we teach them about how they can investigate with respect and still yield pretty interesting communication with spirits without having to banter, come out and talk to me or I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> no. Where we teach them that, a I different way and yeah, a different, right? you know, the respectful approach, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I've been doing that. And then from that, parlayed another idea because the people who were coming to the novice night, oh, they wanted more. So <laughs> came up with a concept of called Pro Night. It is, is where the public has 10 people from the public has an opportunity to buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. And they don't come on a tour for this event. They're literally part of a paranormal investigation. Mm -hmm. And what they will do is they will divide up into small little subgroups and they have all the equipment and we're there to answer all the questions, but they're going to work. They're going to put cameras down. They're going to, you know, roll wires up. They're going to monitor the cameras. They're going to keep journals. They're going to do the whole plethora. Evaluate, you know, their audio. Evaluate video. They're on site that night during this event. And it's six hours long. So they get a feel for what it's like to really get in and do investigation. Mm -hmm. They get to really feel what the work is like. And this is um, great. And every bit Peter Oliver house. One, it is. <laughs> okay. How did you know? <laughs> oh, because I live, I live, I live 15 minutes down the street. <laughs> really? Yeah, Which, yeah. Wait a minute. Right. How, come we're not, how come we're not doing a broadcast from there? Uh, <laughs> we've discussed yeah. it. It hasn't happened yet. Mm. Maybe yeah, our yeah. maybe our friend Christy could help us out with that. <laughs> we well, have, we, I don't know how much school Christy actually has anymore. I really don't. Um, <laughs> I know. And, and wink, must, wink. I'm winking back to you, but um, uh, no, it's, it's really one Hunt. of the. Yes, yes. Actually, I I I met Lynn and Peggy several years yep. ago, and. Uh, yep. And they're great people. And so I, awesome. I kept saying, hey, you know, we're really working hard at this place. You would love it there. You should come for what, and you know, the thing is, is I'm trying so desperately to raise as much money for this location. So I'm like, buy a ticket. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like you to come check it out. Yes, you know, I know you want to volunteer, but first, do like everybody else. Buy a ticket because it's going to help preserve the property. It's going to pay the electricity. It's going to put a new roof on. It's going to put bathrooms in. It's going to pay for mm -hmm. that beautiful 
blue porta potty that sits out there in the garage. <laughs> That's the best part. You know, <laughs> every dime goes into that house, and that's right. why I signed that's on awesome. for this project because it means something. Mm-hmm. It's not about trying to have your picture on the front of a paper. It's not about having your name in light. It's not about you reaping a big paycheck at the end of the day. But when you step back a year from now and you take a look at all those hours and teaching people what you love and bringing what you love to the table and sharing that with the public and letting the public invest in the history of that house and the preservation of that house, and you help that happen, my gosh, Mm-hmm. That's all the payment anybody could ever want to see is to look at a house that was in shambles and needed a lot of right. love. A year yep. from now, has a brand new roof, it's painted, it's beautiful, and now is a museum. Yeah, it's awesome. Because you never made one cent off of it. Right. You never, You never got paid. Your payment is what will happen in the future when you get to stand back and look at what you helped to do. Historic preservation, absolutely. Historic preservation. So not only does a paranormal investigator help families and private businesses and things like that and do the work there, there's all kinds of other avenues that if your heart's in the right place, your intent, your morals are in the right place, you can bring your knowledge to the table and teach people who don't have anything to do with this field not to be afraid of it anymore. And that's one thing that's beautiful that comes out of doing these tours People are scared to death of ghosts. Why? Why? Did they take you and drag you across the ceiling and make your voice change into different octave levels? No. There's the bells. Don't be afraid. I guess that's my time up. Yep, that means, uh, yeah, we have to wrap it up. So, uh, Kirsty, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about what you do and everything, how could they do that? Well, they can look me up on Facebook. That's the quickest way. Uh, everybody's out there on Facebook, social media. I just Google okay. my name, Christy J. Parrish, and there I'll be. Anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? No. I just miss you. Aww. <laughs> and you shouldn't. Really. I mean, I really love your energy. And I really enjoyed coming out for the Spirit Quest and coming out to even your meetings where we did the automatic writing and things like that, some of your classes. Um, and just keep it up because you're such a great, enjoyable person. So are you, man. I didn't really get to talk to you very much, but, you Thank know, you both you. got great energy about you. And you're doing a great job. And I appreciate you guys having me on here to talk. Not crazy. Oh, thanks for coming on. You know, I was so glad. Uh, I just happened to come across you on Facebook, and I said, "Oh, Christy, I haven't seen her for like ever." So uh, yeah. I said, "I'll see what yeah. she's up and to." And if it. you're and looking you... up, you'll never see me at all because I'm short. So I'm yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But anyway, <laughs> so look down. <laughs> there I'll be. <laughs> we'll find so, you. So you're we'll okay. You. You're okay with your your new nickname, the Doll Still Ghost Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay with it. It's fine. Ah, it she's mind. not loving it. She's I not loving know, it. Not I can tell. I'm not convinced. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I mean, there's, you know, it works. I mean, there's truth ah, to it at the teasing. same time. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, you know what? The Dollar General store is one of the major grossing corporations in America today. I love the go. Dollar store. Anyways, there's the, the tunes. We gotta go. There's the music. Right. So, Christy, thank you so much. And sorry you, you didn't have internet. Hopefully, you'll get it back soon. I hope so. I hope so. So, till next, till next week, everyone. Good night. God bless. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good love.